Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu Greenwood, and I'm joined, as always, by Tom King. Hello. And Chris Evans. Hello. How are you both doing, guys? You good? Yeah, good. Very good. As the season draws closer, my happiness improves. I think <laughs> seven, 72 days as we record to the first race. Still sounds a lot. It yeah. does sound like a lot, actually. I might have read that wrong somewhere, because it's like the end of March, <laughs> and it's the beginning of February. Yeah, there's no way that's so, right. <laughs> that's that's wrong. <laughs> Incorrect information. <laughs> Take <Yeah>. two. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we're never really often wrong on this podcast, anyway. So um, we'll let that one go. <laughs> shall we do? Shall we start with some Formula One news Let's. instead of wrong numbers? Um, okay. So first bit of news this week is uh, Brendan Hartley has joined Ferrari as a sim driver. Um, obviously, that means he'll be in a race seat by twenty twenty. <laughs> not that esports team. Yeah, not their <laughs> esports team. Um, or he'll be in Formula E. One of the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, any thoughts, opinions on that, guys? It's good to see him in a good, interesting sort of role with a top team, I guess. It is, yeah. And I mean, history tells us that everyone who gets a Ferrari sim role is back racing the following season. So there's that <laughs> at least. Um, yeah. Did you guys read that blog he wrote for the F1 website recently? Yes, I did. Yes, they're very um, honest and... Yes. Definitely slightly surprised that... It was published without any idea. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. If you've if at home you've not read that, it's well worth reading. It's kind of partly about just his season in general and the fact that he knew he was on the ropes in terms of his seat to Toro Rosso from Monaco onwards. Um, but he did talk in that also about like how he is confident of the future and has potential stuff within the F1 world on the card. So I guess that this is that paying off. Mm-hmm. Um but it, let's, like you say, it's nice to just see him still in the world, I guess. Yeah, and let's not forget he is a you know multiple world champion in other disciplines. Yeah, yeah it's easy to forget won, that he's a world top tier championship driver. twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's won Le Mans twice, hasn't he? Oh no, once. I think he's so. Yeah, at least once. He's, yeah. he's won yeah. Le Mans once. once, and I could be wrong, but I think he's won the WEC title twice. Yes, definitely that's correct. Yeah. yeah, that's that is definitely correct. Um. Yeah, it's it's nice to see him still part of F one. Hopefully, it does lead to more things for him because uh, whatever you think of as a driver, he does just seem like a genuinely very nice bloke that's very liked across the paddock, except yeah. for the Red Bull management. Apparently, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good news. It takes quite a lot to impress the Red Bull. It, that is you, true. You could be the best driver in the world, and they'd still dump you if Helmut Marko didn't like you. So, um, <laughs> you know. That's that. Um, he's going to be joined by three other um, younger drivers in the in that program because he's he's effectively taking the place of Giovinazzi because Giovinazzi's gone over to um, Alfa Romeo, yes, um, or, or Alfa Romeo Sauber until we get to that bit of the news. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and Kvyat uh, as well because obviously Kvyat and Kvyat, yeah, Kvyat went to has of course gone to Toro Rosso. He's, it seems weird. It's like a straight swap between two Toro Rosso drivers. Oh no, yeah. Kvyat's gone to Red Bull, hasn't he? Hasn't he? No, Kvyat's Toro Rosso. Toro Gasly's Rosso. gone up to Red Bull. Yeah. That's it. Gasly's gone up to Red Bull. Yeah. So, oh, God, I still no, find long, it hard to get my head season. around this. They're, <laughs> oh, they're weird driver movements every season. I, I don't. I don't. Who's better out of those two, Hartley or Kvyat? Um, I mean, I don't. Th- I don't think they're going to get much more out of Kvyat than they got out of Hartley at the very most, honestly. Yeah. 
it's a str- it seems like a strange decision to get rid of him only to bring Kvyat in. Maybe Kvyat's and, got some cash behind him. They've, they've also said this week that they moved Gasly up to Red Bull sooner than they'd have liked to. So that's like, great, really showing confidence oh, in your great. driver there and yeah. sowing the seeds for him to fall to pieces halfway through his first season. <sighs> so their drive management just is baffling. Yeah. What's what's more shocking about them saying that is the fact that they packed him off to Japan to do a Super Formula season for a yeah. year as well. Surely yeah. that the whole point is that was getting him ready for F1. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, we I don't, don't think he's ready yet. That's oh. He's ready, but only for Toro Rosso. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, they're, they're beginning to annoy me. <laughs> yes. It's a Ricardo I'm... move, isn't it? It threw the spanner in the works yeah. during last yeah, season. Yeah, totally. As they didn't, they clearly didn't see it coming, and it's, it's put them on the back foot a little bit, I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's <laughs> that's the Hartley news. <laughs> we managed to <laughs> rave about for a moment. Um, the next bit of news is um, actually, I suppose... A little bit outside of Formula One at this point, but we'll we'll do it in this section anyway. Um, Alonso has won the Daytona Twenty Four Hours. Um, he certainly did. Chris, you know a bit more about this than me. It ended after a lengthy red flag period due to torrential rain. Yeah, the rain was horrific. There's some videos online of like onboard shots. I think it's from some of the GT cars, and it's literally zero visibility. It looks like they're driving through the fog but it's just like wow. insane spray so there was there were numerous crashes i think they red flagged it and restarted it a few times um the last restart lasted about 10 minutes before on the gts ended up in a wall again and then i think they red flagged for like i think the last hour and a half of the race or something was sat under red flags and then with like 10 minutes to go they were like yeah we're not restarting again we're calling it um yeah. But Alonso and um, Felipe Nasa, who you may remember, um, were kind of dueling for the lead. Nasa led for most of the race, actually. Um, but they were having an amazing battle for the lead. Uh, and eventually, I think it was after one of the restarts, Nasa being the first one to arrive at turn one, just lost it and spun off oh. um, and lost the lead. Um, Alonso actually had been calling for them to red flag the race while he was still in second. Um, and then he just kind of inherited the lead from Nasa spinning, which... Um, he seemed a little sheepish about, I think. Um, you know, I, I, he, he was kind of happy to finish second and not have his car pulled out of the wall. Um, but as mm. it was, he kind of... I mean, he, he was there or thereabouts, and you don't do that without being incredibly good, but he definitely inherited the victory, I think. Um, yeah. But much like Le Mans last year, he put in another just ridiculously good uh night stint um he just got in in the rain at night having never driven there in the rain at night um <laughs> and just pound i think at one point it was like pulling multiple seconds on the yeah, whole rest like of the four, field three or four yeah. seconds yeah. wasn't it it was a huge else. gap he was building yeah huge. really really impressive drive and as, as much as his actual inheriting the lead was kind of lucky as a race of a whole he was just once again, yeah, very, think, very impressive. This is, this is my thing with sort of inheriting the lead is like he, you know, he was there. He was there for the other guy to make exactly. Yeah. He was there to put the pressure on Nasa to force the mistake as well. If he'd not been behind, you know, putting the pressure on, he probably wouldn't have spun into turn one, despite it being a sort of restart. Like you've got to you be know? there to be in a position to take advantage, haven't you? Which he, yeah, very yeah. much was. Yeah. So I don't think there's any need for him to be sheepish about getting the win. I oh think no, that's absolutely fair. Yeah, chalk up yet another major race victory for Alonso. Do you know who won the LMP2 further down the field? Just point out while we're talking about it. I don't think I do, actually. 
or at least someone who was in the team anyway. Um, one Pastor Maldonado, everyone. Oh, really? yes, so he did. <laughs> he was in the winning wow. team for LMP2. I think it was, I can't remember if it was sixth or seventh overall, but. How long was Pastor's stint is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Pro- I just remember, I long. just know that he won and they were sort of sixth, seventh uh, behind um, nice. most of the top classes. Wow, that's cool. Um, um, another drive worth mentioning was um, Alex Zanardi and his teammates. Alex Zanardi, you may remember, did a couple of scenes in F1 um, and he's the guy who lost his legs in an IndyCar crash a number of years ago um, and went back to racing using hand controls as well as casually winning some Olympic gold medals in hand cycling in the process. Yeah. He's an absolute hero. Um, but he was driving the GT class and they had like a a specially adapted car where when he got in, he could clip on a steering wheel with hand controls. Then when they changed drivers, they swapped the wheels and it could revert back to a normal controls car. Um, and I think at the very first driver change, something broke in the steering wheel and put oh. them like laps and laps behind the field, literally the first driver change. Um, but they just were like, well, we're here now. Let's just keep going with it. And they fixed the car, went out and like they finished well down the field, but they still kind of drag themselves back into contention and put in a hell of a drive. So worth just giving them a mention. Yeah, definitely worth a mention. Do I remember a little bit of talk about um, Zanardi and Billy Monger possibly teaming up in like a a car that was adapted for them both to be able to drive for something like Le Mans or something like that? I know they like met as part of a documentary and there was kind of, I think as part of that, they were both driving hand control cars, but I'm not sure if, there were any plans to do anything more than that. Mm. Maybe it was just like a bit of a rumour <laughs> mill type thing. Possibly, yeah. Um, it, it sounds like the sort of thing that, um, what is it, like Garage 52, is it called at Le Mans, where they well, have like, mm, a spa- there's always yeah. a space for like an experimental car. I thought that's possibly mm. what I'd heard the connection about. Yeah, possibly. Uh, like it sounds say, very much up their street. It could have been a rumour. Yeah. It'd be very cool. It would be. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I think. Yeah. I think um, Billy breaks with breaks with his feet. I think it, well, not his feet with his with his legs because yes, he, I think he yes, like yeah. he does. that attaches down onto the brake pedal, and um, the acceleration's done on, on a steering con- on a controller on the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually saw a fascinating video. It was Zanardi showing because he's done a few DTM rounds this season as well. There's a video just showing you how he controls his DTM car. I don't know if you saw that. So he has, around the back of the steering wheel, there's a big ring that's like the same size of the steering wheel, and that's Mm. his throttle. He's got a normal gear up, gear down. He's also got a brake paddle on his steering wheel. No, sorry, he's not got a brake paddle on his steering wheel. His brake is a massive, um, it's like a rally-style kind of handbrake thing. thing. Yeah, like a massive, massive brake. But because in order to do that, he has to take his hand off the wheel, he's got another downshift on the massive braking handle. So when he's sort of... that is mental gymnastics. Yeah, right. So if he's just kind of coming off the power and downshifting, it's on his right hand, I think. But when he grabs the brake to do it, he's braking up there instead while also steering. It's fascinating. Like, yeah the way they've adapted it just so he can drive as and he's like done pretty damn well as well like the guy's getting on now and he's still just like in there with the best of them i I love that guy he's an absolute hero what a legend he really is yeah i don't know it feels like a weird tone to go into the next bit of news but <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like really positive to something really 
not not as positive, but um, I'll do it anyway. Um, Formula One promoters are criticizing Liberty Media at the moment. Um, they they're up in arms because um, they say it's not what they what Formula One are doing isn't necessarily. It's, they're saying it's not in the long term interest of the sport that fans lose free access to the content and the broadcasting, which is which. I agree with, but I don't necessarily agree with because they're still getting access to content by Facebook and stuff. Um, there's a lack of clarity on new initiatives in F1 and a lack of engagement with promoters on their implementation. And um, they say new races should not be introduced to the detriment of existing events, although the association is encouraged by the alternative business models being offered to prospective venues. So a big issue that they've got is that Miami were basically getting a free formula one race while every other yeah. place that hosts a race has to pay an inordinate sum of money like a crazy 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 amount of money to uh to have a race silverstone yeah. particularly has to pay a lot um they do make a lot from it but still it's, yeah it's nothing like what they could make if they got the race for free um so yeah interesting sort of news there from yeah the I mean, before we really dig into that, had you guys heard of the Formula One Promoters Association before? No, I hadn't. <laughs> no, didn't think so. This is, it um, seems from, like there's an association for everything in Formula. There's a Formula One really does, association, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> the the FOA. Um, <laughs> it it sounds like it's not every single race promoter, but the majority of them part of this. Like I know the promoters of um, uh, Baku after this, who I guess are not part of this association, they said, we disagree with this and we think they're doing a great job. Um, but then again, yeah. maybe Baku are one of the ones that aren't paying quite as much as other ones. Yeah, I think um, that. Well, the, the ones that aren't are Russia, Japan, Bahrain, Abu Dhabi and China, according to the article that I've read. Yeah. Some uh, of which um, are low attended as well. Yes. Yeah, with which, China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the first bullet point on there about fans losing free access to content and broadcasting is entirely correct. It's also yeah. completely not Liberty Media's fault. Like they have inherited these horrible contracts for the most part from the Bernie Eccleston era. Like yeah. from from what that they've, I don't think I've talked about it explicitly too much, but from what they've said, like. They are not happy with the UK deal, at the very least, with Sky getting exclusive rights next year. Um, but the contract was signed, so there's not a whole lot they can do about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Have we found um, out if they're renewing the um, reduced year up front thing that they did last season for here in the UK? They've not said anything because yet. Because that was a way of saying, we're not going to give you the F1 um, TV service but here's an alternative, which is a discount code to subscribe to Sky. Yeah, it was like a nine-month contract, wasn't it? Yeah. Just um, a couple of seasons. Now TV it was, yeah. 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 They've not said anything yet, um, and I have tweeted them as well as lots of other people, and they've just ignored all the tweets. Um, Although last year when they announced this uh, Now TV thing, it was only about, two or three weeks before the season started. It was, it was yeah, like it was. during testing yeah. or just after testing, I think. So if it is going to happen, we'll probably know about it in the next few weeks, I imagine. I yeah. certainly hope so, because it's going to be a very expensive uh, sport to follow, if not our podcast um, <laughs> overheads are going to go up significantly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yes. So the lack of so the next book, but the lack of clarity on new initiatives and lack of engagement with promoters on their impl- implementation. I guess that's like spitting the dummy out. They want what they want more involvement in the planning of the event. Do they want? I do they guess, want? guess so. Yeah. yeah, that sounds to me like F one of like. Uh, you know, for those people who've been to races this last season or two, there's this whole like F1 village thing and there's much more stuff going on at the circuit these days than there used to be. But maybe it's just a case of like Liberty just turn up and saying, this is the thing we're doing. We need this much space for it and yeah. the venues don't have much say in it, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a bit, of, it's a slightly vague on that. I guess the other point of that as well is if the majority of those things are self-provided by F1, the circuit's not earning any revenue from those also things. True, yeah. Because depending on which bits are brought in specifically by F1, they're not going to split any of that profit, I imagine, with the circuit, especially when they're making the circuit pay to host the race in the first place. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> I it can... is all a little bit like we show up at your venue, we swing our arms around and do whatever we want and you have to give us money for it kind of it smacks of that yeah yeah you pay us for the privilege of us turning up to do our thing yeah yeah Um, it's it's a very old sort of like kind of status almost that i think bernie instilled which was well you're paying me to bring f1 here because it will advertise your circuit and you'll get other categories want to come race because we race here and i think that mm, was the old attitude of but some of Bernie's era was that I'm bringing the biggest show on earth in motorsport to you. So other things will follow. So pay me for that privilege. It's an absolute genius, isn't he? <laughs> well, <laughs> he's something. Believe it? Like, no, it's my birthday coming up this month. I'm just going to go up to the venue and be like, you can pay me <laughs> my birthday <laughs> at your venue. <laughs> but like, I mean, the set- <laughs> The same thing applies, though, to, like, countries where the government funds the races, like Mexico, for example. Like, half the advertising around the Mexican Grand Prix circuit is advertising Mexico, Um, which, again, it's like you Mm. pay us for the race, you get to advertise your country as a tourist destination in front of millions of people. But, I mean, if stories this week are to be believed, the government funding for the Mexican Grand Prix is going to be significantly cut and the, that race is now kind of at risk. So clearly that doesn't work so well these days either. Yeah, it's a different world, isn't it? To the world Bernie sort of arranged yes, things in. definitely. Like, and I don't think Formula One necessarily has the clout it used to have either. You, that's exactly got, the words I was about to say, yeah. When you've got other series like Formula E, like swanning around cities, you know, yeah. bringing the sport to the people and giving exposure to countries that wouldn't have necessarily had it before, mm, then well, it definitely takes away some of the prestige from Formula One, doesn't it? That combined with the fact that F1 in certain countries like here in Britain is starting to disappear behind a paywall, whereas yeah. other series as like Le Mans, WEC in general... FE, um, your touring car racing and stuff like that. You can even get IndyCar over here if you if you know your way around the internet. And and, yeah. and I mean legally as well. It's not like saying do dodgy stuff. But you can genuinely <laughs> get most other series for free if you're willing to stream it on the internet instead of watch it on your TV. Yeah. In a, in a league, like, so you're saying like they stream it on, on YouTube and on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like places that. like YouTube and stuff like that where... 
you know, you're not having to do dodgy stuff to, to get hold of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, look at Formula E now. You can, In the UK, at least, you can watch Formula E now on BBC website, BBC Red Button. I think it's still on Eurosport. They're showing a lot of it on YouTube. Like, it's there waiting for you. Yep. And F1 now is like, there's, you can watch it on Sky TV or Now TV. And both of them will cost you a significant amount of money. Yeah, yeah. like that, that's watch, your options. Or you can watch the six-minute highlight video at the end yeah. of the race. Yeah, um, on Facebook or or YouTube. <clears throat> it's um, um, it's not good. It's gonna viewing figures are gonna plummet this year. I mean, like look at um, like me and Stu's friend Ash, who writes in from time to time. Like he he's not the biggest F one fan in the world. He's nowhere near as big a fan as we are, but he still watches it you know, when it's on Channel 4 and he's been trying to get yeah. his sort of flatmates and stuff to watch it with him, that's gone. That kind of fan is just gone now. There's no way he's going to pay to watch Formula 1. He's not a big enough fan for that. Yeah. So th- all those f- viewers have just gone now. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ugh, I hate it. It drives me mad. And, that, that, and the thing to say about that is as well, that that really decreases, decreases the value of Formula 1. Completely. Much more than anything else you know as soon as you're not getting the casual spectator in as soon as you're not wiring those people in you you, you and your viewing figures are going really really going down then that's your exposure for all these sponsors just dwindling away it's just things but it's so short-sighted isn't it yeah i think that's why though that formula i think formula one what they want to do is compete with these um, service providers and provide the service themselves using the f1 tv um app on ipad and on pc so you can do that like you from i mean it wasn't the greatest first season for it in the world but it it, no. it did when it worked it worked quite well worked and it was better than watching it on you had a lot more options than you ever did on like on on channel four or on yeah on yeah. regular tv so if they are going to make people pay for it it's like at least for them, it's it's we want the money to go into our own pocket so we can invest it into our sport and make our sport better, yeah. rather than rather than taking money off of big broadcasting companies who won't we won't necessarily make as much if we take the money from big broadcasting companies. You know, like it, yeah, they totally. feel like they'll they feel like they'll make more if they sell the sell the 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 product, which is watching the race direct to the audience. Yeah. Which is fine as long as you can get people to download the app and pay the money in the first place. And that's going to be yeah. a difficult part for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and you need an existing fan base in the first place for that to happen. And if that fan base starts to disappear, then that pool is going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And it's, yep. it's, you can see the direction, can't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, that they're on dangerous ground at the moment. It's, yeah, sure. they really are. It's one of those things where like, ideally what you need is a free-to-air terrestrial based service as we'd call it here i don't know what other countries would call it that's kind of how we talk about it like you sort of hear the bbc's or itv's of this country putting it on there where yes you've got the race start to finish but there's not a huge amount of stuff either side and there's not a huge amount of interactivity because it's a free service then if you want that ability to switch between specific driver cameras, so on, all that kind of stuff. That's where your your app becomes the appealing subscription service because if you're that interested to to take interest in specific drivers or want these extra features, 
you're the person that's more likely to pay for it in the first place. And if if people that aren't that involved in the sport yet have got a free option, there's an option there to then turn those into those kind of fans by giving them that access to make them more involved and want to get in, more involved with stuff that's on the app. It, mm. Like, I don't know, it just seems a weird way to go completely yeah, paywalled. It, it's, mm. it's almost as if all these deals were made by someone who was looking for a quick book and wasn't necessarily thinking about the future of yeah, the sport, imagine that. isn't it? Who'd have thunk it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I reckon, I reckon we've covered that. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> Been going on for ages on it. Um, okay, so that's the Formula One promoters criticising, and quite rightly criticising, well, quite rightly criticising the deals that have been done in the past. I wouldn't. I think it's unfair of them to point the finger squarely at Liberty Media, but yes, yeah, there we go. Um, so the next thing is Sauber have become Alfa Romeo, as I alluded to earlier on, um, and they're going to get more funding. I suppose no big surprise there is there. I, just... mm. I, I figured they'd stay as Alfa Romeo Sauber for the foreseeable future. To be honest, I'm surprised mm. that Ferrari have gone all in on a second team this early yeah um it does make their deal with Haas look very interesting because mm. ferrari are effectively running two teams well i guess you'd say fiat are effectively running two teams now because ferrari and alfa are both part of the fiat group but yeah. it is a ferrari b team essentially which Haas were kind of always flirting with and they still have sort of a, supposedly these um supply deals with ferrari and stuff um yeah i wonder how much of this has to do with rich energy becoming the new sponsor for haas yeah because that feels like a very non-ferrari thing to do is have the cars selling a different product because you know ferrari essentially compete in formula one to sell cars like that's the reason they're there Mm. um and alfa romeo racing aren't gonna start being sponsored by an energy drink anytime soon they're also going to be in there to sell cars primarily yeah um yeah it's it's also sad to see the sober name disappearing honestly yeah i went back to double check as well because it reminded me of when they essentially became the um bmw factory team a few years ago yes a few years ago it was about 10 years ago now wasn't it maybe even more than that now but they still had the sauber name trailing on the end it was bmw sauber yeah they did yeah, um, whereas this appears to be, it's going purely just Alfa Romeo racing, not Alfa Romeo Sauber racing. Oh, so, I didn't real, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought it was ah right. Okay. Oh, that's more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, so Sauber, I, I, I don't imagine Sauber are going to be no more though, right? Like, I'm sure once Alfa Romeo have finished with it, that it'll go back to being. Well, Sauber. that's the thing. It's all there's no personnel changes involved. It's entirely the same team. It's purely a name thing. So I would assume, as you say, if Alfa suddenly decided they were out, the Sauber name would probably come back. And looking at their history, I wouldn't put it past them reappearing one day. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've been around in Formula One since 95, no, 93. Um, they've been in every season since 93 in one form or another. Wow. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be a same to see the name gone. Do you know why the Sauber cars are all the C something? No, I don't. I've never why thought about it. Um, it's because Peter Sauber's wife is called Christine. 
So uh, when the claim's name the first car, he's like, I'm going to name it after my wife. So they've all been the sea something oh, ever since, which is quite rom- nice, quite isn't it? Romantic, isn't it? Isn't it is, it? yeah. And it's you know, Sauber have always been that kind of like family team, even though Peter Sauber's not been around for a few years now. They're still kind of had that. I don't know. It's like a nice family team feel to them. Yeah. Mm. So he's going to be shamed to see them go. Mm. I wonder um, if the uh, the Alpha will be the C thirty eight then. Yeah, that's a good point. I I imagine it probably will be because they tend to have to like lock in things like chassis numbers quite early on, don't they? So, yeah, yeah. I would imagine this one probably will be, and they might for next like the following season changes. Oh, you know that fact made me really happy, Chris. That's a really <laughs> nice fact. That. I thought you'd like that. It's nice, isn't it? I really <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, let's not forget that Alpha won the very first two ever drivers' championships. So maybe, maybe. They did. Maybe there's a cheeky few quid to be put on Alfa Romeo. This season. There's not. <laughs> no, there isn't. I think I do you know think what though. Be be I think they'll be all there. right. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, okay. So outside of Formula One, um, Sam Bird won an epic Santiago E Prix. Um, that was a race that literally had everything, wasn't it? It was so, so, so good. Yes. Very good. We had a we couple had... of people on Twitter tell us that they'd watched it after we recommended it. So <laughs> oh, amazing. That's, that's good to know. That's More good, of you watch Formula E, it's the best. Yeah, it's uh, what a season it's been. It was, it's been three races. Three races. So three races this season. And every single one of them has been an absolute banger of a race. Three races, um, three different winners for three different teams. Yeah. When's the um, last time you could say that about Formula One? Yeah, yeah. Um, it would have been the 2010, was it? 10 season, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think yeah so. we had like seven different races for not that many different, like five different teams. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyway, we're off topic there. Massive. <laughs> um, this race had it all. It had the leader crashing out. It had a, deti- a track that was turning itself into a rally cross track in places. <laughs> it had... Oh, uh, fights for the lead overtakes for the lead it was just it was just absolutely more awesome attack it? mode usage yeah attack mode attack mode's just been great as well um we had another, a safety card yeah safety card? and another yeah. sprint towards the end after a late safety car yeah just, it just had everything it had it all um go while it's still around go to the iPlayer if you are in the UK or somewhere on the internet if you're in the rest of the world and pretty much all on YouTube isn't it watch it yeah i think it is all on youtube yeah i think yeah, you can watch, the whole race can watch most of it on youtube i don't know if there's any geographical restrictions as to what countries you can and can't watch yeah. it in um there's a handful i but, think but yeah yeah, yeah. You, generally you'll at least be able to get the highlights even if you can't watch the full thing you can quite easily find it on the internet <laughs> as opposed and watch the whole thing as opposed to a formula one race um another epic one was the Bathurst 12. Have you have we, have we said everything we want to say about um, this? I think, I, I guess, other, other than just to mention um, Pascal Verline, who finished yes. second and actually probably could have won it if not for sort of, it was kind of unlucky about the timing of him and Sam Bird using attack mode. Um, but he was pushing Sam Bird right until the last couple of laps when he had some battery issues. Um, yeah, yeah, really, he was really intense. solid second place from him. He, yeah. he was causing a lot of trouble for the guys with the batteries. Yeah, and you know, let's let's not forget his teammate won the previous race, so he's in a properly quick car. So I think we, I think we'll see a win from him this season for sure. Yeah, I think so. If you can if you can get his head down and get get some good running under him, then yeah, definitely I mean, second in this one. So yeah, absolutely, it's it's in with a shout. Um, the Bathurst twelve hours went down to the wire this weekend. Just gone. God, yeah, pass, insane. We're passed for the lead, made with only ten minutes to the end of the race, um, <laughs> and then 
a four-way fight for the final step of the podium that went right down to the wire. There were two temps between third and fourth. Wow. After 12 hours of racing, <laughs> two temps. Absolutely amazing. Um, again, you can watch that online. If you go to the um, Nismo YouTube channel, you'll be able to see that wherever you are in the world. And it is entirely for free. Skip to the last 10 minutes of the race if you don't want to watch four hours worth of content and lead <laughs> up to the end. And it is, honestly, it's well worth a watch. If you want to see like elbows out, wheel-to-wheel racing done at the highest, highest standard in GT class, it was, watch it because it was brilliant. Yeah. That that pass for the lead especially was just uh, yeah it was perfect like I nothing think it was else perfection yeah it, it was yeah it was one of those passes where he I mean the, the leader left the door open I think a little bit too much he sort of probably yeah outbraked himself a touch just and and it was like by the slightest margin he outbraked himself but it, it it was just enough to leave a Porsche sized gap down the inside and <laughs> the driver of the Porsche duly slotted his Porsche into that gap and then. There was the ever so slightest touch between the two as he sort of squeezed through and then he was just away after that, like a scalded cat, just gone <laughs> down the road. Um, and they, behind them, the, the, the fighting going on, the, the position swaps behind them and the and the pushing that was going on behind them as well for, for third and fourth place. It was just so, so, so exciting to watch. Even knowing what the result was and watching it back, like I still had my heart in my mouth watching it. It was that close, the racing. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, so, yeah, that's all of the news, I think, this week. Um, I think so, yeah. I'm amazed not- we got that much out of the last week yeah, <laughs> as no, we did, wow. to be honest. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, we did go off on a massive tangent about... Um, it's not like us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next thing we're going to do this week is we're going to do a little sort of a little bite-sized preview to testing and car launches. Um, and we're going to start by... I'm going to start by asking you two who, which cars you're most excited to see launch in the next... I think it's next week, most of the car launches, isn't it? Uh, I can tell you actually. Um, the first thing is this Thursday, the seventh. Uh, Hass are doing a livery reveal, but presumably they'll be sticking the new livery oh. on an old car. Um, they're all. I mean, it's, it's going to be black and cold. It's going to be. It's I going to be I a Lotus like it's going to be, circa two thousand and fourteen. It's going to it? be very derivative of old Lotus cars, which is very um, on brand for their new sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, then after that, the first proper launch we have at the moment is Toro Rosso on Monday the 11th, uh, Renault on the 12th. The 13th, we've got Mercedes, Red Bull, and Racing Point. I assume we'll find out their new name at that point. Um, McLaren on the 14th, Ferrari on the 15th, and then Sauber are on the 18th, which is the first day of testing. And I assume all the other leftover ones will have probably for testing as well. Hmm. Yeah, um, interestingly, Racing Point are calling their launch a season launch and not a car launch. Mm. Of, of what, and, and the same with Renault. I don't know what significance that has. Maybe it means that they're just going to show a different livery on an old car. It sounds like we're not ready to show you the car. Yeah. So yeah, we've got a, a new logo and a new. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. it. Like here's the branding, but the the yeah. car is staying under wraps. It's a branding launch. Wraps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, love it. Ugh. Love it. um so whose car are you most excited to see guys um or whose season are you most excited to watch (laughs) start i'm intrigued by the renault personally just because i I want to know where they're going with that um 
I was going to say Renault as well. Um, I always the Renault was, always seemed to do something a bit more interesting with the car colours to me. I uh, think the Renault yellow, had one of the, the best looking car. cars for the last few years as well. So yeah, it was partly the fact that they posted that silhouette thing, that white. Well, the colour me in and tell us what you think the car's yeah. going to look like. It sort of indicated maybe mm. they were making a shift. Well, there's been a rumour that they were they were trying to shift back to the blue and yellow older Renault colours from when they were... Oh, I'd love to see them do it. The, the only thing that makes me think they're not going to do that, though, is the pictures I've seen of Ricardo and Hulkenberg today in the black and yellow overalls. Yeah, yeah. But then is yeah. that a curveball to try and throw us off the set? Well, it wouldn't be the first yeah. time Daniel Ricardo has been photographed in some kind of overalls or car that was just a curveball. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm excited to see what Red Bull do for their testing car and then rip the rug out from under us and it just looks exactly the same as it always does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, classic. Um, let's, let's do a zebra car and then, oh no, it's not a zebra yeah. car. It just looks like this. Honestly, I think a lot of them are going to end up looking more or less the same. I'm interested to see what Racing Point do actually because I don't know if they're still going to be sponsored by um, BWT. BWT, which is the reason they've had a pink car for the last two or three years. So they potentially going to do something brand new, which is always exciting. Um but yeah, it's, all, it's usually Renault I'm excited to see for some reason. Mm. I'm interested to see... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see all of them, is, is my answer. I'm always excited to see the, the car yeah, launches. Sorry I to, love uh, launch sorry. season. Yeah, launch season is always really, really good fun. Um, the I, In terms of a car, I'm really keen to see what the McLaren looks like this season. Um, mm. and I'm sure you guys yeah. are as well, because obviously we want... we, we we always want McLaren to do well and they haven't been doing that yes. great over the past sort of few years. So I'm interested to see what they do with that. Um, and I think it's going to be Pete Promiju's first proper full McLaren as well. Is that right? Or was last year's a full Peter Promiju car? I think, didn't he come in partway through? I think he came in a bit too late to have really made it yeah, his. Yeah, to have really made it his own. Yeah, so this yeah. is going to be the first Pete car, which is obviously Pete being the protege of, of Adrian Newey. So yes. I'm keen to see that car um, and what, what sort of devices that's going to have on it because obviously the barge boards are going to be much bigger this year. The front wings are going to be much wider, but with less appendages. The uh, brake ducts are not going to have as much gubbins all over them and the rear wings are going to be a bit bigger as well. They're the sort of biggest visual changes you're going to see on the cars so there's definitely territory there for for interesting things to be done definitely just who's gonna have sort of figured out those interesting things you know yes um so yeah mclaren is my one that i'm I'm looking for yeah launch wise and and uh you know and and car wise um team to watch in testing who would who are you Who's your team to watch in testing? What are you, and what is it about them that you'll be keeping your eye on? We've sort of already alluded to it, but I think Alfa Romeo. Yeah. I think they're going to be right up the front of the midfield battle this season. Like they had an amazing second half of last year. Well, even the first half was pretty good, but I can see them really pushing on and being right up there this year. I think as long as Racing Point manages to pick up well from where Force India left off, which they seem to towards the end of last season, I think yeah. the battle between Alfa Romeo and Racing Point could be the one to watch. Which So they're two cars that I intend on keeping my eye, in, uh, my eye on during Cheston. 
Cool, cool. Um, yeah, mine again. Mine's probably the McLaren to begin with, and I think you guys are, yeah. are probably very interested in seeing the McLaren as well. And yeah. I, I, Tom, I absolutely agree with you with um, Racing Point and with you, Chris, on uh, on Alfa Romeo. I think like those those two, you know, at the end of the season, like you say, they had their tails up. They were they were really really on it. So yeah, it's going to be exciting to see if they're able to carry that through. Yeah, um, and with the McLaren. I'd really want to just see them get the miles in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. And I don't. What I don't want to see is holes in the top of the car, please. This year, no, thank you. Can you just put a car out there that can cool itself and go around a track without breaking down? That would be great. <laughs> um, driver to watch. Who's your driver to watch, guys? Mm. Uh, start with Chris or, or Tom. Um, whoever, whoever chimes in first. <laughs> Tom sounds like he's thinking, and I've got one. So well, yeah, you go first. I'm I'm setting myself up for failure here, but oh no, uh, Giovinazzi. I really? think I think he's going to beat Raikkonen this year. Interesting. Um, I think I don't know. I think just he had those two races <sighs> season before last. Was it? Um, it was while Sauber was still Sauber and blue. It was it was yeah, that year so Verline injured himself, wasn't it, at the race of champions? It was not last year, the year before, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. And he oh he had one decent race and one ropey race. And I think that ropey race well, well, I say ropey, he crashed in the same way twice in three days. Yeah. So yeah. not great. Um but I feel like that lowered his stock more than he deserved. And I actually think he's gonna be on it this year, and I really think he's gonna beat Raikkonen. Wow. Okay. Um, I couldn't disagree with you more, Chris. (laughs) 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 I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be the slowest driver on the grid. (laughs) Well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, what's yours? Um, I think Norris might have a decent shout if the McLaren's good. I'd be really interested mm. to see how he is stacked up alongside Science anyway, who's obviously been around a while. Um, so that'd be good to see. Um, but then I think my eye's really going to be on Leclerc. I think it's a bit of an obvious one, but yeah, seeing him step into that Ferrari and how he how he handles it is going to be interesting. Yeah, very much, especially head to head against Vettel as well. Yeah, We're going to really yeah. see if he has fi- if he really does have the goods because it's a decent benchmark, isn't it? That he's going to be set against. Um, for me, it's probably I'm I'm going to cheat. I've got two drivers that I want to watch. I'm mm-hmm. going to, I, I'd I'd like I'm I'm keen to see the competition between George Russell and Robert Kubica because you've got an a sort of one who one absolute rookie and another rookie not rookie in the form of Kubica, I guess, you know, like he's been away for a long time. So he probably could be, yeah, yeah. He did have a, you know, a very strong career in formula one when he was in it before, before until he's had his injury. But I think like the time he's had away and the, the, the gravity of his injuries probably puts him back to sort of rookie status. If you like. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. whether you agree with that or there's, not. There's but. definitely going to have to be some familiarization with this type of car, isn't yeah. there, since the changes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
and I'm going to be interested to see how the how this sort of old boy compares to the new boy, the, the youngest, one of the youngest drivers on the grid as well. So the competition between those two, I think, is going to be really, really interesting. And yeah, my other one was going to be Leclerc against um, against Vettel. I think that's going to be really yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, Who will be the fastest team and driver in testing? I'm think I'm leaning towards Ferrari being fastest, at least in testing. Yeah, we've seen mm. that for the last year or so, haven't we? Mm. So you're gonna, yeah. you're, they're going to be quick out of the gates, quick out of the block for the start of the new season then? Yeah, I, I think with Leclerc almost having a bit of a point to prove, I think he will sort of give it everything. So I think he will probably be his quickest early doors um, and then it's just a case of maintaining it. And yeah. they're building a good car at the minute, aren't they? The last two or three years, so it's um... yeah. And they, and they announced today that they've got a that they're putting more money into it than ever before as well. Yeah, and it's just that, like <clears throat> Mercedes reached a point, and we've discussed it plenty of times. But Mercedes reached a point where they're in quite significant diminishing returns now, where the upgrades that they can make year on year, even with regulation changes people are catching them up more and more and more because there's only so much extra they can get out of the car. So I think we might see a Ferrari and Mercedes split, possibly. Either that Mm. or Renault will send Ricardo out on bubblegum tyres and fumes (laughs) just for a glory run for some good headlines. Yeah, 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 that would be exciting. Or the Red Bull. Red Bull could do that as well. I'd love to see... Now, here's where I'm going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons... I think the Red Bull will be the fastest car this season in testing. Really? Because I think the the regulation changes. If anyone's going to find anything in these new regs, it's going to be Adrian Newey. Um, And they reckon they haven't really lost any downforce, according to some people in the pits, whereas everyone else is saying they're losing significant downforce. So I don't know how much of what they're saying is true, but if, if it is true, then... That would make them. That would at least put them on a par with the Mercedes and the Ferraris. I'd say. Yeah. So. In response to that, though, I would <laughs> say my gut feeling is that even if they have built the fastest car for testing, they're yeah. not going to do enough laps to be able to show it. I think they're going to. Oh, in the Honda, yeah. I think they're going to have a rough start to their time with the Honda engine in the back. I don't think they're going to have as bad a time across a season as McLaren had, but I do think they're going to have a very shaky start. Yeah, sitting there saying as well, um, well, I, I know it's not like an official comment or anything, but the rumours of basically losing very little downforce is very reminiscent of McLaren saying, we think we've built the best chassis on the grid. <laughs> and then yeah, well, yeah. it doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. We will see. Um, and driver-wise, did you both say a driver you think was going to be quickest? I don't think I did, but I said Ferrari, so I'll probably say Leclerc slightly over Vettel. Yeah, I sort of hinted at it being okay. Leclerc as well. Okay, so you want Leclerc, um, and me, I'm Red Bull, so... Uh, it's, I mean, you've got to say Verstappen if you're Red Bull, aren't you, really? I don't yeah, think, I think so. I don't think Gasly's going to be able to uh, quite hold the candle to him straight away. <clears throat> And finally, who will complete the? Which team will complete the most laps? It's got to be Mercedes, it's right? It's hard to look past Mercedes. Like, yeah, 
I think it was, was it last season, the season before, where they just didn't have a single problem through all of testing. Like they just pounded around for four days straight, basically. Yeah, yeah, they weren't the quickest, but they were the most um, reliable, and yeah. they, yep. yeah, they just absolutely hammered those, and and it showed through the season as well. You know, like well, yeah, that's what wins championships. Barely a single, yeah, they barely lost a single engine all season. So. Yeah, and that's across all the teams they supply. That's not just across them themselves. I think there were only one or two engine failures on the Mercedes supplied teams all year. Um, if I remember rightly, I could be completely wrong there. Correct me if I am. Sound <laughs> off in the comments below. <laughs> um, shall we do some inbox then? Yeah, in to inbox. that. Yeah, we need to. We should. We should have really written down all these predictions as well, to so we can come back and revisit them after testing to see who's the most wrong. <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is always always fun um but I'm let's, sure we still let's, will. Uh, yeah let's yeah we will we'll we'll uh we'll dig it back out and and uh revisit it um so inbox we've got this week uh, a couple of weeks ago we asked you for some music and you would have noticed some radio messages sorry and you would have noticed that we, there weren't any yet in our intro ch- track if you're paying attention um <laughs> so we're going to read out some of the suggestions uh, from people and then hopefully by the next podcast we'll have uh, a f- some radio messages inside of the inside of the title yeah. audio <sighs> God, that's a difficult thing to come out with <laughs> <laughs> made a pig's ear of that <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brooke Archer says uh, Max Verstappen China see you later son that's a good one I do like that one I'm, I'm literally reading these all these for the first time, guys. So forgive me if I respond to <laughs> in an excited way. Do, we can we, read some shall for we take you if you turns? Want. Yeah, yeah. Take, shall yeah. We take turns reading the message in the suggestions out. So the next one, you could do that one, go. Chris. <laughs> Brooke sent in a few. Um, yeah, Dan, uh, another China one. Daniel Ricardo, get it, girl, get it. Which was after he took the lead, I think, wasn't it? From Bottas, you didn't say. You didn't say woo. You oh, sorry, the woo. woo. Yeah, you missed the woo. <laughs> and there was a Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc one, Tom. Um, oh, it was is... it was basically when he was in Azerbaijan and he kept swearing and then apologising for swearing because he was really really excited about that P six. Yes, that was excellent. As good as that one is, it could be too long because it's probably about as long as yeah, the but... credits music. Also, having bleeps in the intro music might get annoying across a whole season. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don Queen, great name, says the intro to Team Radio section needs to include Valtteri. It's James. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the F1 debate show and Stephen John both suggested in 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 yeah. from uh, Germany. Germany. Yeah. yeah, it was Germany. Yeah, I yeah, have a feeling that one's going to make it in. Um, <laughs> Kato ninety one uh, says definitely need the hanging like a cow, which is Hulkenberg from Abu Dhabi. At Outdoor Philip says, new intro needs to have Kimmy's effing finally and the Niao guy from Kota <laughs> from the Secret of the Americas. I actually quite like the idea of having the Niao guy right at the end. I Replacing the actual car sound. I'm thinking yeah, about yeah. exactly that, to be honest. <laughs> Replace our usual car sound with the yeah. guy from America going, Niao. At the... At the very least, we should do it for the USA Grand Prix <laughs> yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have a special edition. <laughs> Uh, James Archer wants I'm so stupid I am so stupid which is Vettel at Germany after he crashed out which might be a little bit harsh but for any Vettel fans listening Um, Ash Foster was another vote for the hanging like a cow and says it must be a leading contender yep 
and uh, Tom's extras. Oh yeah, these these are a couple <laughs> that I thought of whilst I was starting together. These. Oh, go on then. So I did. I thought, who's called Tom's extras? <laughs> Me. <a weird> name. <laughs> Deedpole name change. Um, yeah, these are two that I'm I'm surprised nobody's mentioned. There was one from Vettel, which was um, there's something loose between my legs apart from the obvious, um, <laughs> and the one from Leclerc where Magnussen cut him up in Japan, and he just went, "Magnussen is and will always be stupid." Fact. <laughs> wow, I really like enjoyed that one. <laughs> That's good. Scathing review from Charles. Yeah, and Kevin Magnuson. Um, yeah, so th- so thanks very much for your suggestions. We'll uh, we'll sift through them and figure out which ones work. Or Tom will sift through them and figure out which ones work. And um, yeah, hopefully by next episode we'll uh, we'll have something to show for it. So uh, keep your ears peeled for um, for your suggestions in the intro. Um, one final piece of inbox box box from Phil Mark says. During the winter break, I heard that a race in London could be on the cards in a few years' time. I'm getting sick of more and more street race circuits being added to the F1 calendar. Counting this season, there are five. I can get away with Australian Canada because there are more racy circuits. Singapore is a bit hit and miss, whether it's a good race or not. Azerbaijan has one straight where all the, all the overtakes happen, and that's it. Um, Monaco is just a procession now that the cars are too big and fast. Do we really need another street circuit? What are your thoughts on this slash street circuits? Am I right or wrong? Well, I mean, we're not going to tell you whether you're right or wrong, Phil. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not for us to say. Yeah. <laughs> but um, do we really need another street circuit? <sighs> I mean, it depends on the street circuit, yeah. doesn't it, at the end of the day? Like, I agree mm. with the assessment of Australia and Canada because technically, yes, they are street circuits because they're public roads around mm. parks when they're not a Formula One circuit, aren't they? Mm. So it is yeah. right that they but are not... street circuits, but they're not really street yeah, circuits. Yeah, they're sort of, yeah. I don't know, they're half and half, aren't they? they? It's the weird ones, which I think is why they generally generate decent racing on them. Yeah. Yeah, well, they both have permanent, sort of semi-permanent features yeah. that go yeah, around the race exactly. like Australia have got permanent garages, Canada's got big permanent garages and grandstands and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not like they're all it's not like Monaco where they're literally building it all from just about all of it from scratch. Actually no, Monaco has semi permanent garages. As it well, does now, it? yeah. Um, Didn't for a number of years, but it does now. Yeah. <clears throat> as for the story about London getting a race that you heard during the winter break, you heard that story because it was the winter break. Yeah. <laughs> and every time they run out of news, they trot out that old story yeah. again. There will yeah. never be a street race in London. That will it's literally, never. It's the Formula One equivalent of saying that it's going to snow a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. It is categorically never going to happen. Um, they can't even get a Formula E race together in London, and that's a series built around street races. So F1 is yeah. never going to be there. That was going to be my other sort of flip point on, I don't think street circuits themselves are particularly that bad because Formula E generates very exciting racing. I think the combination of this generation of F1 car and street circuits is mm-hmm. what doesn't yeah. work. So it's not the street circuits necessarily that are the problem. It's that they don't work with these cars. So... Well, then again, there's been changes this year, haven't? Hasn't there? So yeah, you know, we, might. we, we never might know. It might guys. make the difference, um, but we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm on. Just on that. How before we before we finish? How um, how much change do we really think these new aero regs this season are going to? How much difference do you think we're going to make? Do you think they'll make much difference? 
Any I difference? think I think in terms of the outright speed of the cars, it's probably going to f- bring the field a bit closer together. Mm. But in terms of the actual following each other and overtaking and stuff which they were designed for, I'm not overly confident that it's going to do that job. Hmm. I'm, Tom, how do you feel? About I'm it? optimistic, but very aware that anything I put faith in usually fails. <laughs> 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 like McLaren and Williams. <laughs> relationships yeah like any, any sports team i follow <laughs> anything that's it it doesn't matter if i put faith in them then it usually fails <laughs> um yeah i i'm not sure either if i'm I mean, the proof will be in the pudding on on uh, at the end of march in australia but i don't really see how removing a few bits off of the front wing um, yeah, they're making the front wings less sensitive, but they're not really getting rid of any of that turbulence behind the car, from what no. I can see. And that's you know, by making the diffuser bigger and the rear wing bigger. Surely, you're making a car that punches a bigger hole in the air and increasing. Just by one does not simply increase the size of a front wing to increase overtaking. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so there's the people reference. out there who'll get that. Yeah, someone will get that reference. Um, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I, I doubt it's going to make that much difference, but I, I hope it does. But I oh yeah, really I totally hope it does. I don't think it really will, sadly. But we'll see. And on that note, I think that's that's about it. I think it is. Has anyone got anything else to say? I think we're good. No, other than. Um, keep an eye on all their social media stuff which Stu I'm sure is about to tell you about for all of their, the car launch <laughs> business next week yeah you can like share and subscribe to the podcast it's, uh, we are on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1 you can find us on Facebook by searching Back of the Grid on Instagram at Back of the Grid and of course you can visit the website backofthegrid.com um, and that's it for this week so it's goodbye goodbye bye everyone That that was like you know when you answer when you're putting the phone down and you sort of your 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 head sort of follows the phone down. <laughs> bye, 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 okay, bye, 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 bye. Yeah, it was a bit like that. <laughs> Do the job. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.